Welcome to iHeartGeek. And welcome to book two of the Harry Potter series. Yay! Good oh save. my gosh. I'm having so much fun with this Harry Potter stuff that, yeah, I'm glad that I scheduled this for two weeks because there's no way we could have finished this in one episode. Listen, we could actually tear this down book by book, but I don't know if everybody wants to listen to an episode on each book. It's kind of like going through Doctor Who. It's like, you got to kind of. I mean, I would. I'd be in. (laughs) But some of our listeners would be like, shut her up. (laughs) I would listen to you talk about Doctor Who forever, but I just wanted to say that I got on my Firebird 5000 from the top of the Majestic Theater and rode it all the way back to Jersey City just just because to be here again on this glorious day. You mean your, your Firebolt? I'm taking away your Harry, Potter, I... your Harry Potter card. <laughs> See, I, I have, have a Firebird back. base. Okay. Okay, it's a Sorry. thing. I'm Dub. I'm here with Christina. <laughs> We're here with Satomi. We're here with Chris, and we are punch drunk. Um, behind the scenes, here's the truth that's going on. We did this in one long night, but with that being said, we we did want to split oh, this up. Oh, you spoil! I was I was playing. We on. all wear. We, I we're wearing the same clothes. It's clean. I did the laundry this week. Did you not do your laundry, Dub? No, no, I didn't. Ew. I rare. I rarely. You don't see me. Yeah, there's oh, at least like four or five so weeks tell me, in between. I think the boys are high on flu powder. It's possible. <laughs> it's possible. You're using a little too much. Okay. You travel from here Woo. to there. Woo. Okay. Now, so this episode, we are talking uh, books five through seven, which are The Order of the Phoenix, The Half-Blood Prince, and Deathly Hallows. And we are going to get to, I think, the majority of the characters that you guys were mad that we missed last week. I'm sure we'll still miss some, and I apologize, but it is what it is. Okay, let's let's start with that. Let's start this out with some controversy. You guys can get as mad at me as you want, but I'm gonna say it. I feel like Harry's dad. When when you go back and you look, he was as much of a bully and dirtbag as Draco was. That's not. A I don't think that's controversy. No. Wow! <laughs> Everybody <laughs> else, when I say that, they get mad. Really? <laughs> yeah. Harry's, I think Harry's- Lily made him better, but no, yeah. he was. He's scummy. Yeah. He was a jerk. He, he really was. horrible was. to Snape. Yeah. Or, yeah. Oh, he was. I mean, I, I think I think that was all done on purpose because it was, again, a way to humanize people. Yeah. You know, we we get we get these ideas in our heads that people don't change. Some aspects of our, our personalities, of our basic personalities may not, but we grow. Well, no, no. Yeah. Let me take that back. Some people don't change. That's true. Some people don't change. But if you learn from your mistakes and you learn from your life as James Potter did, yeah. you create a better life. So, again, he was a little yeah. well, when he was. A, I, I, yeah, I, I he like was. I like him about as much as I like um, Dumbledore, how we talked last week. I just I think that some of the things he did. I mean. This is like battered wives type feel with Lily. I'm like, and I'm not take, saying that lightly. It's just gross. It's just, ah. So it, well, it's sort of this like is something that really bothered Draco. me last time I watched. <laughs> well, I mean, they really laid it on thick in the movies. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, I just 
the best way I can describe him is a line from Kung Fu Panda. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you go. Well said. But did they make Lily too perfect because of it? No. I'm kind of going to touch on uh, this situation. So throughout the first couple books, they portray Lily and James as heroes. And Harry yearns for his parents who loved him. And then on what Satomi said, we see him be a complete jerk and be a bully that humanizes him because he's not this great person that Harry was told he was. He was actually kind of a jerk. And Lily, I think, balanced him out because I got got on the whole, you know, I was kind of hoping that Snape and Lily became a thing, but they didn't. And it was what really Harry's. Harry was really <laughs> Snape's kid. Wouldn't that be wild? That would be so wild. I'm sure it's but written fan fiction somewhere in in oh, J.K. Rowling's. Uh, oh safe yeah, there is somewhere. There is. It's called sure. the Twilight Saga. <laughs> <laughs> you just made me sick. Thank you. Thank you so You're much. Welcome. <laughs> That's, That's the so sound gross. of Dub throwing up in his mouth. Ooh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> So we talked about this a little bit last week, but I want to kind of go a little bit deeper into this. Okay. In these last three books, well, slash four movies, um, they get dark. Do you feel like it crossed a lot? And and yes, we, we talked about how it needed to go dark. Do you feel like it went too far? And I think it did, but I know that some of you guys disagree. I feel like the last two movies especially went, uh, too dark, but that's me. So what? Go ahead and argue with me all you want, just to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching you. I love it. I love it. But I mean, I've always had a taste for the for the macabre and the taste for the dark because that's when it that's when it got exciting and felt really a little more visceral. And it took this world that has been developed and turned into this real place in my brain and in my dreams and gave it that flip side of the coin. So it became a whole world mm. instead of just the, the sweet. We got the sweet with the savory. And as everyone knows, chocolate covered salted pretzels are better than just pretzels or just chocolate. Um, pretzels are life. Yes, and when you put chocolate <laughs> with them, well, no, I, I I would agree. If you put chocolate with them, they're fantastic. If you put dark chocolate with them, they suck. No, <laughs> I feel lies. like this went a little bit dark chocolate because it was. And I think it just it was too much of that dark taste in my mouth. Oh, at I the loved same it. time. I loved it. Oh no, I completely disagree with that dub. Fair enough. Um, I need to say on record that the best book, which I gushed about last week, was followed by the absolute worst book and the longest book in the entire series. However, we got the best villain of the entire series in that book. We got Umbridge, who is universally hated. Very weird. That that's going to be the biggest one we're going to talk about in our in our character study. So, so hold it. So, but, no, I'm, I'm going to hold. That's you know, I'm wearing. Yes, I'm wearing pink, which also has your logo on it, um, in honor of Dolores Umbridge, the greatest villain ever written into a kid's book. Um, but like, as I mentioned last week, the Goblet of Fire was the turning point for the whole series. And they 
they didn't dip their toe into the deep end of darkness. They just went right to the bottom of the abyss, especially with uh, Half Blood Prince. Um, mm. but man, but I I just have to say I could not get through Order of the Phoenix. Like I when it finally got to the end of it, I was like, okay, this was a decent book. But well, that I, was I, probably because that's when Harry is essentially being a typical. Sorry to my teen listeners, but a hormonal teenager. This yeah. was when I wanted to smack him on yeah. the face so bad. So I agree with you. Like I spent, I spent half of the book just peeved at him. Yeah. But story wise, there was some really fun stuff going on there. Yeah. That was some really fun. Cause I mean, we got, didn't we get Tonks there and we got, yeah. you know, yeah. we got 12 Grimald place and all of that. And we got a creature and, you know, we got all the history of um, uh, what were they called? The uh, well, the Order of the Phoenix. Title of the book. Hey, listen, listen. We already did a show today, and then we did we did another show. So you yeah, know, yeah. Brain. I, I, yeah, yeah. Well, I've, okay. I've gotten, I've got a bunch of nargles in my brain right well, now. The, so. the, I love nargles. I love it. Now, this is when we do get introduced to Little Lovegood, which we we talked about her last week. I love this character. Um, but I think another problem we have with why it feels so dark, um, and Daniel Radcliffe will tell you anyway in several interviews. This is when his he was his drinking problem had started. And his substance. Was it? Yep. It was uh end of order Phoenix. And you can see is in the performance. Yeah, but was I also because- think it's I think it's a taste thing. Because like some people at Christmas time watch Hallmark movies. Some of us watch yeah. Christmas horror. Like <laughs> or Nightmare so, Before Christmas. Or yes, Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, so absolutely it wasn't too dark for me. I I loved it. I, I thought it was just just exquisitely dark enough. Uh, I'm not saying I, I like hated dark it. chocolate with my pretzels. So what? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm I'm saying I'm not saying that I hated it by any means, but I I just think I felt like it went too far in the deep end too fast. You know, it, that's me. Um, I know some people. But that's agree one of the reasons else. that I adore you, Dub, and I, I be, <laughs> because it's important to have those contrasting tastes. Um, and and I love that you are always so enamored with. The bright and the beautiful, and and that. Look at that's me! I mean, how can you that, not? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know, Chris, uh, Christine, and I will head over into the corner with our with our black nails and, and our black rings, and, and yeah, exactly. And I'm getting scared, Chris. Okay, so let's move on before cooking <laughs> up snake and spider stew. So yeah. <laughs> how fun! Okay, I think this is an important thing, and this is going to lead me to a question that I haven't asked you guys yet, but. Um, let's talk about some of the couplings that happened on in the hair throughout the Harry Potter books. Cause we're in the second half, so we can talk about all of them and I'm going to give two opinions. I think that both of the main, um, relationships that happened shouldn't have happened. I think, I think that they should have dated for like a week each. Um, <laughs> and that's, that's the, the Ron and, and Hermione, I think would be a terrible couple. Um, there's yeah for several they, there's no way that they would should have been married they are they're just not right for each other harry would be better with hermione um wait 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 let me finish let me finish then you guys can fight fight me <laughs> and 
And then there is the Harry and Ginny, which um, they had all the the screen chemistry were screen chemistry was worse in the books, but even in the books, I don't it didn't make sense to me. Other than the fact that, well, he wants to be part of the Weasley family. And I felt like that's what they wanted. Um, and then there is the one couple that I did love that of kids, there are some adults, but the kids, I love the Luna and um Neville. Neville. I love oh, it. Oh, that yeah, one made me happy. Good. They okay. had the best on-screen kiss of all three. Yeah. So what what's your guys' thoughts on at least these three relationships? Did they work for you? Did they not? Let's we start let the with boys Chris. go first. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go first. Um I really wanted Harry and Hermione because that's no, 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 where no. I th- that's where I thought it makes it more was sense. Going. Yeah. Um I don't know who Ron would have ended up with if um Dobby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I I'm being told by my wife who's listening to this, who's a huge Harry Potter fan, that I'm wrong for saying that Harry and um uh <laughs> Hermione should have been a thing. She wanted me to say on record that uh, Romione forever. Um, but yeah, Ginny Weasley, I, I, I had no problem. Honestly, I had no problem with it. I was more interested in seeing um, what they would do to Umbridge and the Half-Blood Prince and Snape and all that. And what um, happened in the books is so much better than what happened. In the it, it really is. But but I honestly, you know, if just to make my just to make my wife mad, what if Harry and Cho Chang stayed together? Uh, you know what? How would have that been? <laughs> she screwed up. She screwed up. Like everyone yeah. else in that book didn't. <sighs> she yeah. did. She really did. And she was a... <laughs> well, in yeah. the books, remember, it wasn't... I mean, there was Veritaserum involved with her, but it actually wasn't her that was the snitch. It was yeah. a character that didn't make it to the films. So... Mm. Yeah. So she was a scapegoat, but yeah, you know they they had a great chemistry on screen, and she's just I really liked it. Okay, so Christina, tell us your thoughts on the so child was, relationships here that I feel creepy about talking about now. Um, I think it was better written in the books. Absolutely, definitely. I feel like the acting was very stilted and awkward, other than Neville and Luna. Um, and I just adored them. And like one of my favorite lines is when he's like, where's Luna? We may die tonight. I need to, I love that. I've like, got to tell her I'm hot for her. <laughs> I just love that moment. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like had we had more seasoned actors, had they actually uh, let that be a little more natural because like, it was like one minute we're in this scene and then we're going to try to squish some romance in there. So I feel like the flow in the movie was really bad on top of the actors being incredibly awkward. Fair enough. So tell me, I know you have opinions. I so do. <laughs> so we'll all sit um, back and have a coffee. Go for it. <laughs> I, I agree with Christina on this. You Part of it is you had actors who were barely exploring their own sexuality themselves as as people and their awkwardness with then letting the rest of the world see them in this vulnerable space was very, very clear. Um, we didn't get the sexual tension that built up. They did what they could with it, with, you know, Ron and Hermione, the touching in the back. But it was all very, it was all very, you know, acted with a K because 
they were not comfortable in their own skins with that kind of interaction yet. I thought it was very well written in the book. It made perfect sense to me. Um, and I agree. Neville and Luna had had great chemistry. It made sense because they were both awkward. I disagree with you about um, Ron and Hermione because we've all seen this in the world. Opposites attract. Oh, they would and hate each other. I think they'd hate each other. I don't. I mean, like, I listen. Look at me and oh, Sean Wendell. You, we are. Yeah. We could not be all any more opposite. And we've I, been married twenty eight years. Like he's, genuinely, he's dumb as a box of rocks, and she's brilliant. You know, I mean, except <laughs> he's not. His strengths are more in instinct, and hers are more in intellect. So they actually kind of yin yang each other. And he was he was an herbology genius, like Gillyweed Harry, like blaze it. Um, <laughs> hey, he got it. Well, but that was that was Neville. <laughs> that was Neville. Um, I also need to uh, add this little tidbit from my wife about Cho Chang. Uh, she used Harry as a rebound for her dead boyfriend, which is totally gross. So, thank you to my wife Amanda Garrett Georgetti well, for that little tidbit. Yeah. Amanda, you're my spirit animal. It is true. It is true. <laughs> it is true. Th there's something I I'd say on this podcast, but this is a family show, so I'm not gonna say. Well, you yes. want to talk about rebounds? We got the twins. I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> Hermione is basically a rebound for Lavender. Except he was never Ooh. really involved with Lavender. She she was just that was just creepy. She yeah, just hadn't been at, asked out yet. She had the love potion. Oh, Lavender. Oh, yeah. No, I'm sorry. Lavender mm -hmm. Brown. Sorry, I was thinking of the Patil twins. Tell you what, I know I want to hit that one for a second. The the lavender character. I wanted to, she, she's, she's a fruitcake, but I wanted to see more from this character. I don't, crazy girl. I just nuts. She was a lot of fun. She was she a was lot of fun. fun. She was over the top and she was a lot of fun. She Especially was, once they broke up. She was, hysterical. she was a more, she was a more socially normal Luna. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I could see that. I could yeah. see that. Okay. So with that being said, now let's talk about the, finale of both the books and the movie um i wish i would have never seen or read the the last what is it five pages of that book and seen the last five minutes of that movie the epilogue. It just, yes it was depressing you see them and they everybody looks like i'm gonna go home and drink myself to death as soon as i drop my kids off with the train and it just got this more both the book and the movie it just felt so morbid like hi i just went through everything else in the world had biggest adventures in the world and now i'm in you know social service well, well, <laughs> well i think i think oh. the epilogue is important to the arc of the whole series because it shows that harry potter and his gang of wizards and witches and other magical beings they they were able to survive defeat um the mediocre lives it felt so their it's, lives just felt so mediocre. hermione's but, the head of the ministry of magic she's the only sake. one she's the only one that had it isn't harry an horror at this point yeah it's like a social it, it seemed it seemed like he was a mid-level bureaucrat that's what it, that's what it felt like <laughs> i mean if you if if I you mean, guys yeah. come to new york oh sorry sorry it's no no, no. Um, I, I actually was gonna go in that so you go ahead if you guys come to New York and see the Cursed Child play, it's explained. I want to really. Um, it's amazing. Yeah. Come see it and then see Phantom. 
because we, yes. we yeah. we're in Phantom. Yeah. Um, but the no. epilogue is important to the story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't know our audience you has never it. heard that before. <laughs> no. <laughs> so so I, I'm, I'm, epilogue- I'm alone in that one though. It's just yeah. It's important. I don't know if you're alone. I mean, I I I am. I I could take or leave the epilogue. I think it its point is that life goes on and that yeah um you know we don't i i think she was trying to avoid a happily ever after ending because the rest of the books are are not about encapsulating life into these clean little frames it is about how life is messy and choices are made and and then you go on and actually the cursed child does yeah. Um, go into the fact that Harry has PTSD essentially, which makes yeah. perfect sense after I'm sorry, but he was handed a pretty nasty hand in life. Completely. And, and like in it, every direction. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But, but the epilogue is about him saying, you know, especially when we get that wonderful gift of Albus Sever- Severus uh, Potter yeah. of, of the, you know. And why didn't they have Draco in the movie? Uh, epilogue, but they had him in the book. I like. No, they had him in the epilogue. I if they the must movie. cut him on the HBO because I just no. watched it last night. No, he's in there. No, he's, he's in there. there. I'm gonna have he's to look there. at it again because I was yeah. looking he, for he's, it. He, Harry, and him look at each other and kind of nod. Yeah, I see. I feel like I remember that, but again, yeah. I just watched it last night and I didn't see it. So I, I don't just know. watched it. I finished. I could have blinked. I could have blinked. Maybe and you were sleepy. I could have been. Yeah. But uh, about this, on, just thinking. Oh, sorry. Just thinking about this, aside from the first book, there really aren't a lot of happy endings in this series or any of the books. It's it's a very real series, and we talked about this in length last week of why it's so relatable. This is one of those reasons, because not every day or every moment in life is a happy one. There's some really bad moments. And, and some of them are neutral, yeah, like yeah. sending your kids off to school. Yeah. Again, I'm not disagreeing with you. Mm-hmm. Well, but, you know, no, me, me and my son were talking about it last last night when we finished it up, and we the the second that he he, he takes the the wand, throws out both parts, which he could should have kept one part so that he makes sure that no one else takes it and puts it back together. But that's another story. The second that he but the, I, the, broke it apart, threw it, and then he made that last little statement. That's where the movie I felt like ended. The epilogue. Kind of took me well, away. it's like Lord of the Rings, where you know we had like seven endings. Oh my gosh! <laughs> right? You're like, just stop. I mean, it's like on the one Here. hand, you're like, I don't want it to end, and on the other Here, hand, take you're the like, ring, take the ring. But it's done. Ended, done. Like, it's times. over. It's over. Yeah. Done. Isn't this over? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Funny. Maybe, maybe things. in a way, it was her handing it off to the next generation and saying, "Here, you know, here it could be you next." I don't know. I mean, I, there's any. There's so many ways it, to look at it. The, the way it felt like to me is like, okay, well, Harry Potter will be back in Harry Potter: The Next Generation, <laughs> the Avengers. <laughs> yeah, yep. It's like the young okay. Harry Potters. Okay, yeah. Triwizard Twenty Thirty Five. So we are we are going to go on from here because uh, it's late as heck. So we are going to go on to our listener feedback, and from there we'll hit onto our main event. And now, let's see what all of our geek rock stars have to say. Uh, 
Okay, so for uh, yet another uh, listener feedback with the whole cast disappears, it's like magic. Africadavra. Okay, well, maybe not. Okay, so we asked on this question, what is your favorite Harry Potter character and why? And um, Expecto Patronum, tell us what, what they are there. All right. Magically jumping in with a fantastic comment is Lee. He says, Neville Longbottom, not only is he my favorite character, or he is because we went through similar school experiences and he has the singularly most potent scene and speech, the end of Deathly Hollows in the entire series. I 1000% agree with that. Danielle tells us the character she identifies with is Dobby. At the core of his being, he was courageous, selfless, loyal, loving, protective, and kind, despite having lived most of his life abused and treated like crap by his family. Unfortunately, I know that life too, and while I don't see myself heroic by any means or selfless, I like to think I exhibit to others, and at the end of the day, I would 100% die for the ones I love, so yeah, Dobby. Dobby gets my heart every single time. And then our very own Michelle jumps in and says, <laughs> Hermione Granger, because she's smart, level-headed, strong, sassy, and independent girl who has a huge heart, but always gets called bossy and nobody wants to listen to her until it's too late. She is probably taken for granted more than any other character, but always ends out up coming out ahead. And I feel like, Michelle, this is like your spirit animal, because this is kind of what we think about you, because you're amazing. Okay, so that was our listener feedbacks for those. Of course, we had a lot more that we didn't read. Uh, go on the Facebook and check out all the rest of them, because there is a lot. Okay, and back to the rest of the cast, and poof. Now it's time for the main event. Okay, so for today's main event, we are going to do all the rest of the character studies of what we didn't do last time. Um, <laughs> yell at me later for the ones I missed. I know I missed a lot. Uh, sorry. Okay, so let's. the first character I want to talk about was probably the most brilliant performance put out, out in Harry Potter. Um, probably one of the best performances I've seen in any movie ever. And that was Snape with Alan Rickman. Just, Oh my gosh. Okay. You hate him and then you love him and then you hate him again. And then you love him. And then you really hate him. And then you're like, Oh, I forgive you. I, I just want to hug you now. That's wow. His whole, that's his whole arc. Forgiveness. That's yes. his whole, you could argue like that's his whole arc because yeah. he's such an integral part of the story in Harry's life because mm -hmm. he's also conflicted about uh, Harry because here's the bully's kid and now I can get revenge on him. Yeah. And he kind of does. He kind of takes out his anger on Harry. But Somewhat. Then, but then yeah. you have these moments where he always loved Harry and he always wanted to protect him and he loved Lily uh always. Yeah. Uh it's just he's one of my favorite characters. And how he uh, and, yeah, and, and he's how he's so, like, so annoyed. Yeah. Like th these kids are annoying me with the head and all that. I'm like, yeah. He's so conflicted. Yeah. 
24-7, every moment he's there, there is this internal life that's happening. And as an audience, you don't necessarily know what's going in on in his mind, but you know you want to watch it and see what happens. And that's, I mean, it's, it's Alan, it's Alan freaking Rickman. And what's, what's amazing is apparently he was just the biggest jokester, the funniest guy on set. And then that camera would turn. And he did what he does. And he could give some good Cape too. P.S. Yeah. Like a good, yeah. Capography. (laughs) Yeah. Billowing. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Christina. I mean, Alan, Alan Rickman is one of those actors that when he passed away, I straight up ugly cried. Um, So much respect, so much love for the characters that he creates in general, in general. And of all, all the books, all the arcs, his is my favorite, but not only that, he was Snape. There was no, I mean, absolutely 1000%. I will say this. One of the things that I, I appreciated that they changed from the book to the movie was that his memories were tears. And I know some people were upset about that, but that I, I ugly cried in the theater because yeah. I thought that was a beautiful moment um, because it, it, it brought so much more depth to that wow. character. So and uh, there's two characters that I'll say this about, and they're both on this list today. And this is one of them was a better character than they were in the book that that actor made them better than Rowling could ever have written. Yeah. Richard. Yeah. Just. I, yeah, it's yeah. just, it's, it's, it was a first, first, what? Seven movies, eight movies. Mm-hmm. It is a once in a lifetime performance for eight full movies. Yeah. yeah. The only thing I would say that was not good in the final movie, I think is where it really started in their effort to keep him looking like not as much time had passed. CGI. Makeup. Mm-hmm. No, his mm-hmm. makeup. He was over made up, especially in the final film. Um, was he you getting sick then though? I think so. I think it was when that was happening and they were, they were doing their best to yeah, cover the Mercury thing. They did that, but too. you could I mean. really see it. Yeah. You could really see it. Um, which is a shame. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, what a what a profound loss um, to all of us to not yeah. have him that's that storyteller in yeah. our lives, you know, taken and, too early. And he's he's part of the, you know, the geek lexicon between oh, Die okay. Hard and this. I mean, which is a Christmas movie, by the way, it is a Christmas. It is a Christmas absolutely movie. Christmas movie. It's a Christmas absolutely. You're not going to you're not going to find an argument. You'll find some people that will argue it on the on the show, but. Not me. That's why I Not said us. it. <laughs> Not us. <laughs> okay, next character up is another just brilliant um, actress, McGonagall. I yes. love her. Um, Maggie now, Smith can do my only all. problem is on the last movie, especially, she became Grandmama from um, Downton Abbey. Abbey. She became that same character because I think she was probably playing at the same time. You watch her performance, and it's exactly the same as as her. No, I would disagree. Uh, as a huge fan no. of Downton Abbey, I'm a huge fan of both. So yeah, yeah. I, I would it, I would disagree. And maybe I, I was I, looking yeah. for it. Maybe I was looking for it, but it it felt very similar to me. I feel like if you character. were looking for it, you could maybe pick up similarities. But if you're just watching it, no. But there was there was yeah. In so in Downton Abbey. There was 
the the humor, the sense of humor was always dry and cutting. Mm-hmm. Um, and was always like she would say something hilarious that was clear that the ice was cracking, but it would be a deadpan. Whereas for me, a defining McGonagall McGonagall moment is I always wanted to do that spell. Yes. Yeah. Yes. There's, there's that little bit of sparkle and twinkle and, and delight. And giggle. And well, the giggle. It's part of that whimsy that I still love, you know? Yes. Yes. And so she ha- still has that that whimsy, whereas in Downton Abbey, it's always with a a little fleck of judgment and superiority. And I, so I feel for like me, she, I felt it was very okay. Different. So poss- possibly the what I'm seeing is it's not so much that she is condescending as McGonagall, but she pretends to be. She pretends to be better than everybody as that character. So maybe that's where I'm looking at it. I don't know, but great character in general. Yeah. And I, in every I think, one of the movies, she's, I think it's more that you're just seeing that it's the same actress. Um, Cause it's still, you know, as an actor, you're still taking. You're still you. <laughs> you're still you. You're still you and yeah. you're still having responses. So, um, and yeah. Ha- you know, fantastic. What? 80 year, 70 year career. Oh, she's she's, she's just still going. She's still she's going. Just, she is. Yeah, she is a treasure. Yeah, she's ab- she was absolutely fantastic in every one of these movies. Now, let's hit into, I think, the the tied for best performance in Harry Potter. And that is Umbridge. Um, oh, usually, usually yes. I will say this. Wait, wait, give me one sec. I know you guys will go off on this one. But usually I want my characters to have a little bit of good in them because you've got to have, they just can't be evil. Wrong. (laughs) This this is the only character that I think can get away with it. There is nothing okay about this character. You cheer for, if you read the books and you know what happened with centaurs, you cheered for it, even though it's the most horrible thing in the world. And you cheered for it because she deserved it. And I didn't, oh, and and I will say this as well. I did not want to see her like you saw her in the books with the frog face and all that. It needed to be she. It wouldn't have it. She couldn't have been as evil with the frog face. But go ahead, talk about Umbridge and let's let's Chris. I know you've been wanting to talk about Umbridge for a minute. Dolores Umbridge is the most vile, reprehensible character ever written, and it's wonderful. Uh, she is what made book five worth reading that and the ending of it. Mm-hmm. Um, she's just so damn evil. Like, she makes Voldemort look good. He was worse she makes than Voldemort. Way, yeah. like, way, way worse. Like, Voldemort's plan is, I am going to kill Harry Potter and all these school children, and he fails at it. Whereas Umbridge... She's just she's just evil. Like when I saw the cursed child with my wife, she comes out on stage and everyone goes, "Oh god, no. <laughs> she's here." Like literally that was that was the reaction like in order spoiler. You, spoilers. I mean I, uh, spoilers. <laughs> you know what? Uh, Most of us aren't going to make it to New York. Let's be fair. Okay. okay. Uh, um okay. But the fact that she's universally hated, even by muggles in the real world, like, that's how you know you got a pretty good character. Like, I always talk on my podcast, Georgetti on Ice, about 
heels of pro wrestling and what makes a good heel. You should listen to my podcast too. Shameless plug. But like <laughs> what makes a good heel is like they draw heat. They do evil bad things to get a reaction out of you. And, and their response to you responding yeah. to them is what what makes them evil and that's what she did. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. She's I'm thinking about her and I'm angry. It's, it's Yeah. That's a great character right there. Yeah. Christina do you have anything to say I about have, I have never loved hating somebody so much. <laughs> I mean, that's the best way I can say I'd it. rather deal with Joffrey um, from Game of Thrones than her. Oh, and, well, he's and, just and, as, and bad. as an actress, she's brilliant. Yes. As I've seen her in other things, and it's as hard a very for nice me to person watch too. her now. <laughs> because she, I mean, there, there's characters that like they they are good, and then they come up, they do this about 180 and they play a character like this so brilliant that it changes everything Career, yeah <laughs> it changes everything so i mean oh she makes my skin crawl in a delightfully delicious way the tommy i mean i can do nothing but agree with with you all she is delicious mm-hmm. and it's also she's a meal as an actor like how lucky was she to get to dig into that and what the one thing that I was um I was actually sad about is they didn't get to develop as much the um the Weasley twins kind of build up to her expulsion you know leaving the the uh, portable swamp in the hallway and like all of the the little things that sort of built up to that um but it's really the most satisfying expulsion uh, I, I, you can even imagine. You're right. She's, she's somebody that you love to hate. And now, it's wonderful. Now, this is something that I want to go into the next character that I want to talk about. And I think this, this is where the problem with Harry Potter is. Umbridge is the most hated character in this. And then we're, now we're going to talk about Voldemort. Because she was so good, and this is this is Ralph Fiennes playing him, could not touch her, and you did not care. You're not satisfied with the death of Voldemort. You're satisfied with what happens to Umbridge. I mean, I um, I was pretty satisfied when spoilers if you haven't read it, and also if you're listening to this podcast and haven't read this, what's the series, matter with what are you? you? Doing? <laughs> yeah, um, I was pretty satisfied when Voldemort was defeated, but yeah, like what. Umbridge stole his thunder. Yeah. He, 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 but see, the thing about Voldemort is he's kind of like a classic cartoon villain, but he's more evil and complex and is actually bad. Yeah. Too. It's like, <laughs> I just, so, I just feel like they were yeah. so different. I think we're talking apples and oranges, in my opinion, um, because she is that sort of, that she, she's that delightful evil. And Voldemort is that dark, dangerous evil that sort of like lash out. There's just a different flavor to it. And so I actually found it really satisfying when, you know, to watch him slowly disintegrate into little tissue pieces. Yeah, I agree. I agree because, you know, I mean, neither one of them have redemption, but, you know, she was again, we say delightfully evil, like she had no redeeming qualities, 
but he's the one that didn't even think twice about killing Cedric about, you know, taking lives. And, um, she truly had her own agenda. Um, and we never quite figure out what that is. Um, other than I think it falls back on the pure blood thing, but he is just like, I mean, he's a snake. Look at his face. Come on. Snakes get a bad rap. But I don't think that they, I don't think they realize Voldemort as well in the movies as they did in the books. Oh, I'll agree with you there. A fantastic actor, but it just, I don't know if it was the direction. I don't know if it's the choices. Never, I think they took out too many, too many of the fine details sometimes. Well, Voldemort, I mean, really through the throughout the story, it's more the I it's okay, so I'm gonna compare it to the Phantom of the Opera. It's more how people respond to him mm-hmm. because it's more of this idea of him. And it's He's really hard yeah. to build on that. Um it, because it depends heavily heavily on the actor's responses around him and especially when you're dealing with a young cast you know where the the fear is is a little more manufactured versus versus internally taken um umbridge is a lot easier and a lot more immediate for a child to relate to as far as that threat um and something that i thought about is the difference between the dangers for both of them umbridge Umbridge delights in the torture and in the punishment. Voldemort, you are nothing. Yeah. And so it's a, there's a cold, she's, she's fire and heat and he is ice. So there's just that diff, you know, again, it's just, it's, it's, it's different for me. They both work, but again, I was coming from being a fan of the book. So I had already had built him up. Yeah. In a way, so I think if I had seen the films first, I might have a different opinion. Very good. Okay, now let's move on to our final-ish villain, um, Draco. Now, I think that this is a character that you just learn to hate less and less as time goes by. Because um, he does have somewhat of a redemption arc without ever being fully redeemed. But I he's tolerable. He He's tolerable by the end. Because you're watching, what you're watching is what happens when somebody is pressured into, yeah. a, you know, you, you start ask, you, you, you start looking at the questions of um, nature versus nurture, mm-hmm. you know, and cl- they make it very clear um, with, with Dobby and, um, you know, and. Uh, Creature. Uh, pardon? Creature. Is that who you're going with on that? Uh, no. Uh, with, oh, Lucius. with his, with Lucius. Oh, okay. Um, you know, who he's, he's very beautiful to look at, but he's a total jerk. <laughs> and, you know, you see the way that he treats Draco and is teaching, you know, he puts Draco down and also teaches him by example, how to be in the world. So the question becomes, you know, how, how does somebody respond in that abusive, he's classic, you know, abused child mm-hmm. syndrome where it's like, I get abused at home. So I'm going to abuse out in the world. And, you know, you, you watch him get to the point where he can't out, he won't out Harry to Bellatrix. He can't kill Dumbledore. He's an absolute mess when they get into the, you know, with the vanishing cabins and when they get into that duel, but, you know, by the time Harry confronts him, he's like, 
he's he's literally having a breakdown. Yeah. So you're again, it's that it's that humanizing factor. Yeah, it it's also a prime example of, you know, children do listen to quote into the woods <laughs> um, and Draco Creepy. is being taught by Lucius and he's imitating his father. Satomi said it beautifully and, you know. By the end of the series, you feel bad for him because that, at his core, he's he wants to be good, but he's just conflicted because he's been pulled in so many different ways and he's been put in positions by these people of power and the people that are supposed to love and care about him, his parents, that he, he you can see, like, he doesn't want to kill Dumbledore. He's being forced to do something that he would not do himself. Even so, in the films at that last moment when... Yeah. Voldemort says, come over to my side. And he hesitates. He yeah. won't do it until his mother says, Draco, he comes over. And what do they do? Leave. Like he is that it, it, at his core. I don't think that's who he is. Yeah. Anybody else want to talk about this one before we move on? Christina? Um, the, yeah. The only thing I'm going to say is that. I, I I just wish at the end they would have given us just a little bit more. I agree with everything else that was said. For me, I would have loved for him to stay in that moment instead of going over. Um, but I again, it wouldn't have been complete because the Neville speech wouldn't have been as powerful. But I, I wanted to see just a, a little bit more because he was a character that you hated, but you wanted to like. I mean, I have to, if, I have if that makes sense, I didn't. I I was I was angry what? when I started. I was angry with myself that I started to like him. <laughs> I think I I think it would have been way too pat if yeah. he had stayed. It yeah. would have made a non you know a, a non human choice because as that's who we would want to be and hope that we would be, that's and yet in are. reality, human behavior has historically shown that. 99.9% of people it's like if the people you love are saying come over with me well and when you pair that instinct. with the fight or flight yeah oh god oh yeah oh for sure okay so now let's move on to our favorite family that was written so brilliantly and was executed on the screen so terribly the weasleys <laughs> I, if, if you read the books and then you watch the movie, you are going to be upset with the Weasleys. If you just watch the movies, you're okay with them. Well, any movie adaptation of any book is always disappointing unless it fits the Lord of the Rings. Because um, Peter Jackson got that right and he left in all the details. I think that's what I think that's what happened here is because they only had two, two and a half hours to tell these massive stories in these books, they had to cut things out. Yeah. And the well, Weasley Lord of the, the Rings was a little overwritten controversial statement. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as someone who's tried to read the Lord of the Rings books, I'm getting on a tangent. I agree with that though. Um, <laughs> the Weasleys are just so wonderful. And there's so many juicy bits, like every single member of that family, even Percy, even Percy. Uh, it's, it's an interesting story arc. Yeah, it's just so interesting because they're all so True. different. 
the marriage yep. thing. Yeah. The, the 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 dragon hunting. All of that is wow. They're a yeah. fully they're a fully realized family. You're right. You're absolutely yeah. right. It's the it's brothers just, who it's don't finish school and go and do their own the thing. Twins, yeah. The twins, yes. And we never even got into uh so we got we got into Charlie. We barely got into Bill. I yeah. like we got Charlie, we actually I don't we didn't even meet. No, not in the movies. Not in the movies. They sort of they sort of made Bill and Charlie one person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, it's, it's disappointing. Yeah. Um now there's a there's some other people I want to talk about, but I'm looking at our time and even even in our chat that we have going, what about this character? What about this character? So here's what I want y'all to do. If you guys want to talk about a character, put it in our um our, our chat down there and we will talk. We will talk all day long, but it is getting late o'clock right now. And so we are definitely out of time. Um, thank you so much for taking this journey with us. This has been such a blast. Um, yeah. Can we talk house affiliation real quick? Okay, yes. yes. Well, that, that's our last thing we're going to hit. I am Dub, and my actual Potterverse affiliation is Gryffindor. Satomi is... Uh, I'm Satomi, and clearly, by my colors, uh, my house affiliation is Slytherin. And Chris? I'm Chris Giorgetti. I'm sorry, Chris Garrett Giorgetti, and I'm a Hufflepuff. I am uh, Christina the Cheeky Chi, and I am a Ravenclaw. We have all four. <gasps> all four. Yes. All four. Look oh out now. Oh my gosh. With that said, check out all our stuff. Keep on geeking on, guys. Thank you so much for listening. It means the world to us. You have been listening to the latest episode of the iHeart Geek Show. Make sure you visit our website at www.iheartgeekshow.com. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you check us out on YouTube, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And keep on geeking on to all of you geek rock stars.